The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by BetStamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sportsbooks. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy and sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Lock Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up. We're recording? Yep. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. After dark again, because the Leafs were in Edmonton tonight, and we're recording after the game, so we got some fresh thoughts about that one. As always, joined by Josh and Jason. Howdy. What up? Two in one week. That's all you can ask Very for. up and down. Even Ooh. mid-game up and down. Mid-game up and down. A lot of things happening in this game. A lot of activity, I'll say. A lot of fun activities this week. Um, I don't know. Like, How do you want to start it off? What's, what's your most notable thing that you got in your head that you just want to put out there right away? Oilers fan threw a jersey on the ice. Oilers <laughs> fan threw a jersey on I the ice. I believe that's the fourth Canadian team. To have a jersey thrown on the ice, and it is December 14th. <laughs> We're 30 games in. So Leafs, Oilers, Canucks. And Canadians. And the Canadians. How? I forgot about that one. Shout out to Ottawa. They're doing, their fans must They don't be. even have jerseys. No, I'm just, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you need fans right, in the right. building to have someone throw the jersey on the ice. <laughs> Holy smokes. Now, Ottawa's been hot after we chirped them last week. Yeah. They won Ottawa's been today. hot after they waved Matt Murray and they waved Michael Delzato. Yeah, $8 million dollars worth of players. They're barely at the salary cap floor. But also, who are not, they paying? Not to make it a sense pod, but didn't we say this like this summer where. They keep doing this thing where they bring in these older guys and then they bring in crap guys. And then That's eventually the they play the younger guys and it's like, oh, wow, these guys are pretty good. Who they bring in? They traded a second for Derek Stepan was the was dumbest so trade I've ever seen in my life. They paid Matt Murray a boatload of money. Two years, two mil for Michael Delzato. They brought in Braden Coburn, who they moved out. They brought in Eric Branson, who they then moved out. And they brought in one other big blog probably in there who sucked. And they probably moved out. I can't remember who. But like that's just a boatload of crap that they paid a bunch of money. And then they just had to like remove from the roster. And then, oh, what a surprise. You're winning games now. Yeah, it's funny how that works, honestly. Just... <laughs> really funny. But I don't know. Ottawa is a funny, funny team. We chirp them, and then they—they seem like a team that goes on these wild runs out of nowhere. They did it last year too. Like eight-two against the Panthers tonight. It's crazy. And to Brady to Chuck is since he got bit by Brendan Lemieux is playing literally the best he's ever played. Oh yeah, yeah. But, there's there was a funny meme out there. It was like Brendan Lemieux as a spider. Yeah. <laughs> Brady to Chuck is Spider Man. That's good. But yeah, he had a hat trick on Saturday. Eight-two win tonight. Good for Imagine them. they were plus 200 in that game. Uh, more than plus 200 in that game. Imagine having Ottawa money line on that one. Oh, here we here go. go. You got to log it in the stamp. You got to log it. I, I, I forgot the password. Oh, okay. I will. We'll, we'll get you in. We'll get you in. <laughs> but uh, tonight, 5-1 over the Oilers. Uh, what's going on? It was on? an interesting one because it wasn't like, if you look at the shots, I think the shots were like in favor of the Oilers yeah. pretty heavily in this one. I think most of the chances were. I, I think most of that, to jump into the game, the Leafs started really slow in the second period. Like, there was about yeah. 10, 11, 12 minutes there where they, like, yeah, they were playing good. really poorly. 
And then they got, after not getting a shot for a while, the first shot they get goes in. And then they just scored again after that. And then it was kind of like out of hand at that point. It's funny how it works. It's like, yeah. that's the importance of a good goaltender, though. Me and Jason were talking on the way here. Like, it's hard to consider Edmonton as a contender until they get a real goaltender. No offense to Mike Smith or Miko Koskinen. I know, or Stuart Skinner. Yeah, I know Koskinen ha- had a decently hot start, and people thought he had turned it around. It doesn't really seem like it. But what His do you rebound think? control is pretty bad, and they don't have very good net front protection. No, they don't. So it's like maybe if you put him somewhere else, like – We'll get some better results, but it's like his his rebound control is noticeably terrible. And like Ray Ferraro made it abundantly clear after that puck from Michael Bunting. Like Michael Bunting's an okay shooter. It wasn't the hardest shot. That went in and out of his gloves so fast. Yeah. It looked like he didn't even close it. So that was uh that was an interesting one. Yeah, but like five on five Corsi was forty two point three five percent for the Leafs. But it was interesting because let me see the high danger. High danger, Corsi was even. Yeah, it, it didn't seem that lopsided of the game, other than that, like, again, that 10 minutes. And then, yeah. Other, like, I thought the Leafs played well at the end of the second. And then, even they get a goal in the third period, and the Leafs scored two right after. It's kind of it's a good game. It's, it's good to see them, not that they played poorly against Chicago, but like they kind of almost let that one slip away. Oh, yeah. Tampa, they, uh, I thought they played good in that game, but just. I feel like let off too Sloppy. many. That was yeah, a it was exactly. a poor game by TJ Brody in yeah. that one. He had a very good bounce back week ago. The next two games, uh, like against Chicago, I thought he was pretty strong, and then against Tampa Bay, or sorry, against uh, tonight against the Oilers, he was pretty good as well in there. So good bounce back performance. You get that once in a while. Just, there's a couple bad giveaways, and then one of them led to a goal. Yeah, it's one of those ones where you look at the numbers, the shots, and everything. Stammer torched the least that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That but, was a nasty goal. That, that slap so, shot that was so goal. good. Oh, like, wow. That popped out of the ice. That just... Didn't that tip off, like, Kosh? I, I swear, like, Muzzin tried to get the, out of the zone. Kosh tried to, like, grab it down. Maybe I missed it. I didn't have a good And angle. then that Taylor Radish finish. I mean, Taylor Radish is a back-to-back. I think he had, he had 100 points for sure one year with Erie. I'm not sure if he got 100 points the next year between Erie and Sault Ste. Marie. Kyle Dubas, Sault Ste. Marie guy, mm-hmm. could have got him. But um, anyways, but that was a great finish on that goal there. I mean, the pass came out, and he just put it back the other way, top corner, perfect placement like that. You got the goalie sliding one way, and you put it top shelf the other way. Perfect placement. And he, you know, talking Taylor Radish, he's a guy, we talk about this. Tampa likes to pick the higher upside points and scoring guys in the second round, third round. Boris Kachuk. I think he was a late second round pick. I don't know what he was. Yeah. He was. But he's progressed well with their AHL team, and now he gets an opportunity as a regular for their NHL team. Like That's yeah. how they keep doing it, mm-hmm. like, really. Boris Kachuk was the same kind of way. I yeah. think he was more so, though, like a depth guy. It was a high points per minute, I think, with him. Uh, and you, you could just tell he was going to be – a good points producer. Yeah. But it's like they're they're do, using the strategy almost of, you remember the someone did that article about the potato versus the Vancouver Canucks drafting? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they just picked the guy. Do you think they the just have points? the potato? Maybe. Honestly, the potato's <laughs> definitely better than Vancouver. Oh, yeah. Maybe they should, Jim Rutherford should hire a potato as the GM. I mean, he's <laughs> the closest thing to a vegetable, no, right? Whoa, like, whoa. Dude, that's <laughs> wild. Are we, no. old, are we age shaming no. here? <laughs> age shaming on this podcast now? But. Yeah, tonight I felt like the Oilers, it was, it was a lot of volume, but not a lot of quality, I didn't feel like. Mm-hmm. But the Leafs, I did notice, and correct me if I'm wrong, nothing off the rush this game. No, not really. Did it? I think, honestly, over the past two years, 
since Morgan Riley got absolutely danced by McDavid, they've done a really good job of keeping him, you know, mm-hmm. in front of them. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's tonight. E- oh my God, when it was one on one, McDavid, R- Morgan Riley, Were what you was scared? going through your hair? Well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I was scared. Like it, it was interesting because most of their offense they were generating was kind of down low. You saw Drysdale make yeah. some plays coming out of the corner there, which is what he's good at. But I thought the Leafs played well. I think they do have a good plan for Connor McDavid. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they do. the concerned effort while he's on the ice to like, okay, let's just relax. Except take a for step Morgan, back. Uh, Morgan Riley was jumping up a lot today. It's just how he plays. Last it night. paid off, but like it's something where it's like you got to kind of be careful with that sort of stuff. But it, it did pay off tonight. So kudos to him. Two points, a goal and assist. Primary points, too. He's had a good, I don't know, three weeks, four weeks. So with him, and I looked into the numbers on this one. I don't have them exactly in front of me uh, because I was like, I want to see, like, what are the defensive numbers? The defensive numbers feel a lot better. versus, And then the offensive numbers are there as well. So I dug into it. His defensive, his expected goals against per 60 was down. But so was his expected goals for, as expected. It was still 53% first eight games of the year before the contract. And then I think it was a couple games ago that I measured it. It was also 53%, right? So I was like, okay, then where's the improvement coming? Because the points per 60 at five on five was also the same. His power play points per 60 quadrupled. Yeah. Well, he's actually been a lot better on the power play. Mm -hmm. If he shoots it. It's going through now instead of into a it's guy's not, shoot. Yeah, point. he's he's looking for. He's using his skating. He's getting it through to the net. And then we got John Tavares in front, who's been a monster. He's, he's been like so good down lately. low and in front of the net hole. He's earning. Like people don't like John Tavares. Some people don't. They don't like the con. Like, he earns it every night. Honestly. Oh yeah. The the Matthews goal tonight. That's all John Tavares mucking it up in front. Puck. Oh yeah, he won the puck battle. On that he's one. able to poke it out to Matthews. It's easy, easy tap. Puck battles in front. Puck battles along the boards behind the red line. Like. What's there not to love about Jason? That? What do you think about Tavares' production this year? No, it's it's funny because my friend sent me a little picture of like player comparison five on five Tavares versus McDavid. Tavares has more points than McDavid at five on five this year. Wow, stats! Yeah, the Oilers haven't really produced that that They're much. They're not that strong at five can on I, five. Can I throw some stats too? Like mm-hmm. we could save it, but I'll just throw it now. Like at the beginning of the year, obviously it was very fun to watch the Oilers. Their power play was clicking at like fifty percent for almost the first half of the season. I think the first fifteen games. I don't know what it's at now. I know it's not at 50, 50% anymore, but you could see like everyone's saying Ken Holland, what a job. I know Jason Greger, not going to call him out, but he's a Oilers beat writer. And on October 23rd, he was chirping Kyle Dubas about how he built the team versus Ken Holland. Again, you don't have to love all the stats, but the Leafs have been consistently really good in terms of winning the expected goals, battles, shots on net chances. The Oilers have not done that. The Oilers are 20th in the league in expected goals percentage right that's not good that's not going to get it done mm-hmm. they're below 50 percent in every number like shots on net shot attempts um high day like everything is low and then again everyone's saying they're better defensively this year the, the numbers don't say that they're seventh in the league in terms of expected goals against they're like sandwiched between the blue jackets and the jets in terms of the amount of chances they're giving like, here's the jason greger tweet i mo- might i know this might sound crazy but Maybe, just maybe, all those Dubis, uh, all those applauding Dubis and how he built the Leafs were a tad premature. They are a decent team, but way too many people, way too many went overboard in their praise of being ahead of the curve and smarter than other organizations. I understand the Leafs have insane playoff disappointment, but like if you just look at how they've played in the regular season the last two years, they've been essentially 
one of the three most dominant teams in the NHL. It's them, yeah, it's Tampa, and it's been Colorado. Florida's kind of been better mm-hmm. this year. But if you take the last 150 games, it's, they've been really good. <laughs> it sucks because they lose in the first round of the playoffs, but they've been really good. So, In the ugliest way, fat, way too. <laughs> yeah, of course. The most heartbreaking way possible, but whatever. I, what, I, what are the Oilers going to do, though? I don't know. Trade for a goalie? They're going to have to make some sort of – they need a goalie first and foremost. I mean, Mike Smith is just – it's too many injuries with him. You don't know what you're mm-hmm. going to expect. Like, he's 39. He's coming back. Like, he has another year after this one, I believe, too. Mm-hmm. Like, Stuart Skinner is getting there. That's that, he, It's in a position now where ideally Stuart Skinner would be your backup moving forward. You have a younger guy. He's a 1998, born late 1998, I believe. Uh, he's coming up. He's starting to improve. Last year, I saw – from what I saw from him, it was awful – Way too floppy, but he's a bigger guy. He's putting up great results this year. He looks a lot better. And now you're in a position, it's like, okay, I would like to give the younger guy, you know, mentorship from Mike Smith, some games in there, whatever. But now you got Koskinen, Smith, and Stuart Skinner battling for the net. So it's like, are you going to put Koskinen on waivers then? Like, I don't know. What's going to happen? They're, they're going to have to get someone to, to take that contract. It's probably. Probably. And I don't think it's going to be the Senators. No. The Coyotes. <laughs> no. And, like, you look at the Oilers roster, they're deeper than they were before, but they still, like, they're missing some on the left wing. I still think they need to show up their defense. Like, it's not even close to a complete Who's their third-line center? Uh, Keep in mind, like, they had a COVID senior? issue. Was it, M- is it still McLeod, Ryan McLeod? Or McLeod has been playing third line center for them. I know Derek Ryan also plays center for them. I don't know like, well, what's the third, what's the fourth, but that's their Derek bottom. Ryan has one prime, uh, one five on five point. It's just, I, like I, I, and I've heard on the radio two people saying like, they, yeah, they really need to add probably a left winger, maybe a bottom six center and a D it doesn't seem like a complete team, you know? And yeah. you Hyman's been really good for them. No doubt. But Hyman's not going to no offense. Hyman's is not going to change what they thought. So we talked about in the offseason. Yeah. you don't add Zach Hyman and it suddenly, you're, you're way better. We mm-hmm. saw he didn't produce in the playoffs for the Leafs, and like, no offense, McDavid has the exact same point production last year as he did without Zach Hyman. Yeah, yeah. So. Zach Hyman also only has, I think, eleven points at five on five this year. He's not like, he's being carried a lot by the by being on that good power play early in the season. So, IR. Oh, okay. people, so they have some IR. They have two players on IR: Chris Russell and Slater Cuckoo right now. So that's why they have a little bit of cap space. I think it's like one point. One, but like, is is that enough? You're gonna have to make some moves. It's yeah. Okay. Again, I think Duncan Keith's been better than people think, but isn't he, he also injured? Him. Uh, no, he played tonight. Oh, he played tonight. Did he? Yeah. Oh, he was on the ice for that Matthews fifth goal. Oh yeah, he was. He was injured. He also high sticked Michael Bunting. Oh yeah, he did. I think he made yes, one yes, other yes. dirty play yes, in there as did. well. You're right. He uh, was injured though. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was that right was up his, until was, this. Game. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. But right. yeah, I, I don't know. It still doesn't seem complete for the Oilers. No, not at all. Not not one bit, I would say. Like they still need to make some moves and like if you're going to if you have that many needs, like you can't address all of those at the trade deadline. Your team's not going to be able to build you need to build a cohesive team going into playoffs. Like you need to start making moves now. So then you have those building blocks, you have you build some team chemistry with each other, and then by that time at playoffs, you're going to be able to you have some more familiarity with one another, right? Yeah, and especially like if they want to get Flurry, how much is Flurry making? Uh, seven and a half. So like 
that's probably going to be the only real significant piece you can add. Even if they do a 50% retain, that's still three and a half million. Yeah. Unless you're moving out significant money. That's, I mean, yeah. Well, double, double retained. You can do, you could, but then they're for sure. be given a first round pick to get <laughs> for sure. Which like, how much do you, do you really want to give a first round pick for half a year for a goal? That's like, we rarely see that. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, whew. They're they're in a tight they're in a tough spot. I gotta say they're in it. And I honestly want them to be good. I said in the offseason, I want to see Edmonton, Colorado, and the Leafs be in the conference finals because I think that's the best for the game. Oh yeah, no matter how they're doing, like results wise, they're must watch TV because they have Connor McDavid Mm. and Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, and I just I want them to be good, but I don't know. Like I think Pooljarvi has been a big improvement for yep. them as well. Yep. Like there's some bright spots. Nuge is solid. Like Nuge is kind of the same every year. Yeah, he's been good. But they lost their, their loss on Saturday was just like incredible. They lost three one. Anderson made some good saves, but like they missed a wide open net with like a minute left. Like off a off the stick, off two posts. Like Frederick Anderson down and out. Like it's been tough. They were on a tough stretch. For sure. I think it's six in a row they've lost. It is lost. six in a row. Five of them at home, too, which is oh. tough. But I think that might be the jersey throw reason, right? You got <laughs> the one guy who's been in the lower bowl for all these losses. But one thing I wanted to bring up quickly is, I've, you, you know, trying to track some line matching trends from uh, okay. from Sheldon Keefe. And it was an away game, so take it with a grain of salt. But the, the most common matchup we saw was Matthew's line against McDavid, actually. Good. That's good. Which I think I think is I think that's interesting because I I think David Kampf's played really well as a shutdown center, but we're not completely confident he can play ten minutes against the top players in the league, right? Yeah. But if you kind of split it up, I don't mind that. What do you guys think? I like that. If you're able to get Matthews away for a little bit, Mm -hmm. especially like on a home game. So yeah, David Kampf, his number one player that he played against, it was five twenty two against Zach Cassian, and then Warren Fogle at four thirty seven. And then Colton Sevier, Derek Ryan. So, like, not 342 against McDavid. Okay, that's a little bit. I mean, ideally you want Camp, like, at, uh, if it's a home game in the playoffs, ideally you want Camp taking more of that away. But, I mean, little by little, I think. I mean, it's, it's so interesting, though, because there could be an argument made that, you know, Austin Matthews is, of the three stars in this game, like, yeah. the best five-on-five player. Oh, I think for sure in his own zone, for sure. Yeah, so maybe it's a situation of like it's you, Matthews trust. can get good chances against that yeah. line, right? I like, yeah, that's a great point. I like that line going up against like the top lines because how many other of other teams' top lines are really like solid, solid two ways, right? Like, make, like Matthews is like really. I think he's he's been really strong defensively this year. Well, you got to lo- think who you're playing against. You're of gonna course, be playing against Tampa Bay. You're going to be playing against Florida. You're going to be playing against. Who else is good in the East? Boston, still good. They're, they're yeah, they're good. Like top, I mean, like top players. Top two, right? I'm thinking wise. Oh. Like like no, after that all... first line, who's their center? No, I, oh, I thought you you're saying depth wise. I thought you meant like I'm, who I, are the top because players. I'm thinking like okay. The reason I brought up those two teams, Tampa Bay has Braden Point. They have Steven Stamkos. Um, they're still getting it done with with, yeah. with without, uh, without even Kucherov, Kucherov or yeah. anything like that. But like that's two really really good. Anthony Sorelli, sorry, that was yeah the other guy was eluding me there. Uh, Florida has Jonathan uh, Alexander Barkov. They have Sam Reinhardt. Uh, I believe Bennett's playing center on that line, but he's got some very good wingers with him. Like 
It's two solid, solid uh, top two lines sure. that you might even be matched up against in the first round, unfortunately. Yeah, it's going to be interesting if they play one of those two teams because it's, it's, it's not a strict match, as you said. Like, mm. there's really n- not that there's no top line, but if you have, like you said, if you have point on one line and you have Stamkos mm-hmm. on another line, like, you're probably going to have to have Matthews playing against those yeah. lines eventually, you know? Yeah. And if you're looking to get guys away from, if you're, if you're looking to get, like, if, if you want a line to get away from, like, a defense, like a strong defensive line, you want that, in my books, you want that line to be the second line. I think our first line can really play against anyone. And I, I'm, I'm okay with them playing against anyone. I just don't want to see a repeat of, like, if we play, okay, I, I don't know. Let's say we get the, the first seed and we play, it's tough to give an example, but. A team like Pittsburgh or Columbus. Okay. Maybe let's talk about Columbus, for example, because Columbus is is lurking around there. If they play a team like Columbus, whoever Columbus's top shutdown center is, you should get Matthews away from as much as possible. Yeah. But like you said, if they end up playing a team like Florida or Tampa, Mm -hmm. that's when that's when maybe you're like, okay, yeah, let's match it. Because last year when it was against Philip Deneau, it was like, well. He could clearly be dominating Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki's yeah. Suzuki's fantastic. Or caught Kenyemi. Like that's a huge mismatch for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want you want to make sure he's just away from the true like shut down, yeah. ruin everything, guys. Yeah, it, of course. Yeah. You'd rather it's similar have him, to what the Colorado had an issue with Mark Stone. Exactly. You'd rather the, have them McKinnon. even if it means that they may get. It's more likely they get scored on against yeah. an offense line. It's it's okay because you trust your guy to score on the other way. So I think. I just bring it up as something to think about in terms of deployment as because we talked about in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's been interesting in this in the season. I think saw about David Kampf. We're all pretty happy with his play. No. Yeah, he's been all right. Yeah. I mean, tonight I thought was a better night than. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's been OK tonight. I like he. I really like that play. It was the chip in. He was first on the puck and it led to that TJ Brody goal there. That was a really great play there. But he's been making small plays. Game winning goal Saturday. Hockey Night in Canada against his old team. Two goals against Chicago this year, as you guys mentioned. Two goals against Chicago this year. One goal with <laughs> Chicago last year in an entire season. That's just a that's a stat of the day. I can't believe that one. But that, that's cr- absolutely crazy. But he's been all right. I mean, I can't complain. One it's been thing, David Camp. The thing mm-hmm. is, recently, like, I got to give him credit. It's been a blender on guys he's been playing with, right? Like, yeah. Andre Kasha is oh, like yeah. a bona fide top six forward in the league i think that's pretty clear yeah, i like, think it's he is and he's he's playing on the third line that's a huge help for comp now he's playing with like tonight it was engvall and mikhail which is completely different than the previous game right so yeah yeah it has been a real you gotta give him play. credit for that and yeah. jason what were you saying about the time on ice for comp against chicago he played a lot right i don't i gotta check that because chicago I, he's, he's, on i've his, noticed they they're really comfortable minutes. when they're up big yeah, he's when playing a yeah. ton like a ton yeah he I didn't. I didn't love minutes. how. I don't love when they put Simmons and Richie on his line. Like it's too slow. Too slow. Yeah. It's just too slow. Like no, and they don't move the puck. Yeah, very. Not, they don't pass creative. the puck at all. They're no create. Yeah, exactly. It's very, very strange that they went back yeah. to that. But yeah, I really like. Like I don't know if I mentioned this last podcast. Correct me if I did. But I really like how David Campy's above fifty percent on faceoffs. So the big thing last year that you saw it was Matthews is above fifty percent. Tavares was above fifty percent. Spezza was about 50%, but Kerfoot was 43%. Yeah, really bad. Really bad. This year, all four centers are above 50%. And you saw that against Tampa. Tampa, like, 
it wasn't the greatest game by the least, but they dominated mm-hmm. the face-off circle. At one point, Vasilevsky didn't even want to like take the whistle because he knew it was just going to be like in the in your defense in his defensive zone, like it was going to be a face-off loss. So he quickly had to throw the puck up, and I think they were able to move it up. But it was quite interesting to see, and it's a real advantage when you're able to win. Because think about it: how many face-offs are in a game? That's a puck mm-hmm. battle that that like it's a stopped yeah. puck battle. If you're winning above fifty percent of those, like it's a huge advantage. Oh yeah, especially in the placement of the like where it is, right? So those are just uh, my thoughts. Just they're second in the league in faceoff percentage. So. Nice, <sighs> pretty good. Lovely. How many games until Spets is back? Should I mean that. three, four. We should really know. It's that. been four, no. He missed the Columbus. The appeal game was and today. He missed Columbus. Yeah, it's been four games. Four so games, two yeah. more games. So wait, what happened with the appeal today? I don't know. They didn't say, but it was today. That's uh, it, it would either like... be he just plays tomorrow or he's <laughs> yeah. missing. You know, like not tomorrow, but on the weekend or like, Saturday because Thursday is postponed. Yeah, it gives them a little more time. But realistically, mm. what are they going to reduce it? One game. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I thought as well. Interesting. You remember when? Um, Dennis Weidman got suspended for 21 games, and then they appealed it, and the appeal went all the way to the last game. They reduced it by one. Yeah, and then he just played the next game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that was the dumbest Some thing. NHL stuff. <laughs> um, but, yeah, in terms of actual game notes that I have, um, where did I have this? Oh, I mentioned PR Edward Bulmar last episode, his face-offs, um, and he got completely worked. <laughs> By Matthews. By Matthews. Yeah. He what was funny on that play, He though. scored, though. He like, scored, yeah. He did score. But what was funny on that play, like, do you know who originally so- uh, lined up for that faceoff? No. It was John Tavares, and he got kicked out. Ooh. And so then Matthews came in and just won it to himself 12 seconds left. That was left. a really nice play. That was so nice. And then William Nylander, one-timer. He's got a, he's, William Nylander and Austin Matthews have a, some nice point streaks going. Yes. Yeah. I think Tavares does, too. No? Probably. Probably in there as well. Um but the the oh and my other note about the lightning the lightning broadcast is surprisingly good and fair they're very very fair really? you know who it is on play by play oh yeah because they changed Dave Randorf yeah you're right old TSN guy you're he's right. awesome it wasn't so that like was that. awesome it to wasn't watch. always like that but you're right David they were Dave Randorf because you think like if you know Tampa Bay fans they're so biased yes it's like typical Southern American like biased kind of weird thinking as well they kick out fans if you're cheering didn't for that the other happen team. when we were there. Happened in the in the playoffs. They kicked out. Mm-hmm. A, they told a kid like, "Do not wear your uh, Panthers right? jersey." Yeah. Um, my my dad, when he's down there in the playoffs, has seen like a Montreal bunch of Montreal people had a box, and they said, "No, you have to wear blue. You can't wear those jerseys." No, when we were at a game, a guy legitimately just cheering for the opposition team, and people told the security guard like, "Kick him out." Like, what's he yeah. doing? So. It's happened plenty of times there. Well, that's kind of what happens when you have like a new market that's not used to hockey mm-hmm. at all, and all they know is like Tampa Bay winning. Yeah. yeah, winning. But their their broadcast is awesome. I thought I really liked what they did there. Their goalie's I, awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Is that goal that 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 play where it was the puck was on the goal line? Like, how didn't that go in? I don't know. That was crazy. I think that actually was, it was um, McDonough. McDonough blocked the. I forget who he tied up there. No, I think Bunting <laughs> blocked it from going in the net. Actually, oh. but I, whatever. I had another uh, little stat. Austin Matthews and Michael Bunting on the ice together because I think it was Sean Ferris on Twitter was complaining how Matthews' line mates have such a low shooting percentage. And it's crazy when you look at it. Nylander's at like five and change, or was at five and change. Marner can't shoot the puck. Richie was at like 
zero. Yeah, like literally. Zero I don't have to look it up. And it's zero. when he, it's it's when Austin Matthews is on the ice with this player. What the player's shooting percentage is. Right. Michael Bunting again was at five and change going into this game. Two goals on thirty four shots. Had a couple more great shots today, but I feel like we're gonna start. I, like Michael Bunting is not like just pedestrian out there, not noticeable. Mm-hmm. The shots are coming. He's he's getting some good looks too. His individual expected goals is pretty high as well. I feel like we're going to start to see some more assists come from Austin Matthews soon because yeah. he is dishing the puck well. There was a few really good sequences um, tonight as well as in Chicago, some bang-bang passes that he was dishing them out there. I think we're going to start to see that assist total creep up because it's, it's mainly being supported by his goal total, his, his point streak, his points total. Yeah, and he's at 20 goals now. Three behind Leon, and he's he's missed a couple games, so makes you think. I think he he's got a shot. He can, no doubt. Oh yeah, I, I, that's not a hot take. Obviously, he has a shot. He's Austin Matthews. Yeah. My other notes that I have from the Chicago game uh, that Dubis reaction at the end of the game says it all. <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah. yeah, the eye roll after they scored. <laughs> So it's like, funny. There's the walk off goal kind of thing. He just rolled his eyes. Went wow. Because that that was yeah, like a twenty. 15, 16, 17 Leafs thing yeah. where they would just blow games. Mm-hmm. Once a, it felt like once every two weeks they oh, just yeah. ridiculously blow a game. Yep. That's why it's good when you when you see now like you know, it's not happening as often and our defense is overall better. I still think the Justin Hall conversation is a conversation that's going to keep going until he yep. settles his play and deservedly so to be honest. Like he is really not doing much well at all right now, unfortunately for him. I and mean, we're all rooting for him, the obviously. Pucks a grenade on his stick. It's like, crazy. It's one of those things how now. How many times did you watch? Like, I've seen him make some okay passes here and there, but how many times do you watch him go back for a puck and then it just stays in our zone? Even Jake Muzzin's been terrible. Yeah, he hasn't been good over the last couple of games. They've both been not strong. Justin Hall's been so bad, though, that there's been, there was a tweet put out by someone, faked, a fake tweet that saying Justin Hall got sent to the ECHL. And insiders were like retweeting it, like because they thought insiders. it was like, not insiders. It was Damian but, Cox. Ah, okay. And then someone from NBC wrote an article about it. <laughs> but still, like the fact that it's that, was that believable is that was yeah. gold. But yeah, we're still we're also still seeing Muzzin struggle in the Chicago game. Him and uh, him and Lilligan didn't didn't have a strong game at all. They played a lot better tonight. Yeah. But they got they got torched. I think Muzzin is goals. hurting lower body, and yeah. my evidence of it is there was a play where. I think they lost. He was coming in. He was driving in. He was trying to pinch. They lost it at the other team, almost their blue line kind of thing. And instead of making like a tight turn and getting back to his side, he made the he took the scenic route. He mm-hmm. made the longest turn all the way around and then ended up on the same side as Jake Muzzin. And they scored on that play. I think it was Tampa Bay that this happened against. Like it was just the most ridiculous looking play ever. It was like it was something out of men's league. Pretty much. And it makes me think, like, why didn't he just make the tight turn? I don't know if he could. So yeah. he's been he's been, I would say, average so far. Just this need year. to get him healthy for playoffs. Yeah, that's, I, that's I really it. do. Th- you got to res- I think Morgan Riley's picking up a lot of slack right now, which is really good to see. Oh, yeah. Um, if if he is hurt, though, I want him to be like, let's sit him. Let's like I wonder if like Sandine has played. Well enough where he comes back, like he's coming back fast. Yeah, like if if they're com- the ice. if they're confident that like like uh, Sandin, I don't know if they do Sandin Logan as like a number as a second pair. Maybe they split up Riley and Brody and put one of them with Sandin, one of them with Lilligan. I, I I don't know what the but 
I think that both Sandin and Lilligan have played strong enough to like if where if Jake Muzzin is hurt, I'd be comfortable with like just sitting him and let those guys pick up the minutes. Yeah. I'm just looking at the numbers from tonight. Even like I, they overall not bad, but McDavid dummied that defense pairing tonight. <laughs> he did. Yeah, but I saw wait, I saw a few too many plays of Logan giving up the blue line a little bit too much. Yeah. Again, again may, <clears throat> sorry, maybe he's just not ready. I don't for think the he's confident for role yet. Like yeah. he's only passing played the puck very. Well. He's only played 30 NHL yeah. games. Mm-hmm. Like it's, he's been playing really he was well. Passing the puck very very well tonight though. It was a good he, game by he, him. He always well. I feel like passes it pretty yeah. well. And I think again. Start thinking about moves. That right D spot still seems like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have the two kids running, you know, six, or five, six with Sandin and Lilligren. And if Hall or Dermot jump in for a game, okay. It just it feels like you need yeah. someone a little more solid right now. Oh, 100%. 100% in that spot right now. I think that's the biggest need is to, it'll just complete that whole defense and you'll be able to assign guys better, right? Absolutely. Um, additionally, I had in the Hawks game, we shot Christian Rubens. Decent game against Tampa Bay, I'll say. The Hawks game didn't go too well for him. He took that interference call, which was softer than baby diarrhea, to put it nicely. That's like a pretty 95% not even called play. You yeah, know what I mean? Not it, at all. That was, it was terrible. Yeah, that was, was soft. Terrible, terrible. There was also, wasn't there like he a He got called on it. It was like whatever. Um but then he got beat. He, he got beat on a few plays at the blue line. The anticipation wasn't there enough, I think. Um, but that goal that he was on the ice for that he got benched after, that's just all Justin Hall being a stupid moron. Like, Rubens wasn't beat that badly. Why are you just completely leaving your assignment and going towards the puck carrier? And then you're too late, and Dominic Kubelik, who's a pretty good goal scorer, is wide open. Nice job, bud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've seen a lot of that this year. I think that's been a pretty common complaint. You pointed yeah. out maybe the first game even where our D are really kind of just sending it across the ice randomly. Yeah. Like weird, weird, weird plays like that that happen way too often. Um, but yeah, the Leafs, I thought, against Chicago overall, I'll get into overall, and then Peter Mrazek, then I'll close down Chicago here. Overall, just way too careless. Centers were going in way too deep. You saw way too many times where it was four guys down low and then an odd man rushed the other way. Peter Mrazek, I thought, had a pretty good game. There was a couple goals that he'd like back. I think the fourth goal on the screen, he was horribly out of position. Um, He's a goalie he really, really challenges, really comes out of the net. So when you have traffic in front, it's going to be very difficult for him because you're not going to be able to leave that blue ice because then you're going to be able to be interfered with pretty much. Right. Right. So then, then we saw two goals from that tonight, but wildly athletic made some fantastic saves to keep the game close for a while there. But he's going to have to, I, I think Lee fans are in pure. Like, shot. all right, let's see it tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like not tonight, but in the future, like let's, yeah. let's get him playing. Campbell's playing Saturday for sure. You think? If there's a freaking game. Yeah. He played Hopefully. well tonight. No, I know, but I'm just wondering if they're, they, you think they'll try to they, do more. They do day-to-day. There's, they said day-to-day, and then they'll make the decision. I feel like how can you if, – yeah. if the plan wasn't Campbell and then Mrazek, how can you, how can you give the net away from Campbell at, the, at this moment? Yeah. No, that's fair. How many games has he played this year? Two. Not Campbell. Oh, Cam- oh sorry. Mrazek's been three. 20. Two full games, but three total. He's had 23 games. That's <sighs> yeah, fine. 
Razuku starts to get in more, but mm. I don't think at, at, like next game I'm, I'm giving it to Campbell 100. percent I don't. Th- I don't think it's necessarily like a give it because you played well. I think it's like a manage manage thing, workload yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. I guess. I guess if but, the game was Thursday, yeah, then, that's, yeah, you know what, you're yes, right because of the amount. But of it's time. all the way to that's Saturday, fair. so mm-hmm. that, makes that was sense. some great radio. Me drinking in the middle of that conversation. Oh, good. No one heard it. <laughs> but yeah, that was my thoughts on Chicago. Just an. Ugly poo poo game. Just not enough strategy. Not enough thought from the least players there. Mm-hmm. But, but they won. They won. won. That's all that matters. Yeah. They lost the deserve to win a meter. But, but they, they won. won. Did they lose it tonight? They did. That's crazy. One and two. But only by like I'm, a slim margin. I'm calling money puck. I'm breaking down their door at one AM. That's that's a that's a crime. But whatever. Anywho. I guess that's what happens when you give up that many shots. Yeah. Um yeah. So, a lot of other things going on in the NHL. Obviously, COVID uh, hot button topic right now. I mean, number one, do you see the players going to the Olympics? No, I think no. <laughs> no, no. I'm just shaking my head. Sorry. Especially no. after Connor McDavid expressed worry today. Uh, yeah. So, for those who don't know, I believe there's a if even you, Petrangelo expressed worry because mm-hmm. if you sorry. if you catch COVID and. And you go to the Olympics, I believe it's like a three to five week quarantine, which the players just Something are not. It yeah, can in be China, up to five, in China. five weeks in China. And, which is, and at the end of the day, the decision to like make that longer or shorter is up to like the local Chinese health authorities. And I don't know how many players are comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. In yeah. China, five weeks? The The problem is maybe if this, and I don't mean to disrespect any other country, but you've seen some political diplomatic boycotts by Canada and the States. So there's already that political thing going on. Maybe that on top of the, you know, the unfortunate COVID situation right now, I, I just, I don't see the risk reward for a player. We've never been in the position to be like, Oh, I can say yes or no to the fricking Olympics, obviously, but the risk reward is just seemingly not there. Like Elliot Freeman was mentioning on his podcast, one agent texted him and said, can you imagine my player who was, he didn't say who, but a prominent player that will be in the Olympics stuck in China, his team's battling for a playoff spot, watching the games on TV. Like that's, that's like nightmarish stuff. Mm -hmm. Will he even get the games on TV? (laughs) I'm on his phone. Maybe. I don't know, but the Chinese internet's not exactly free flowing. That's true. So So. I, I really doubt it. I think Gary Batman's keeps saying the right lawyer speak, which is we're going, it's up to the players if that's going to change. Right. Because he's been very much saying, hey, you guys want to go? I, I let you go. Unless a crazy thing happens and we have to cancel games on our schedule, you're going unless you change your mind. And now it seems like the players are going to slowly change their mind. Could mm-hmm. you imagine a player gets COVID, they have to stay in a hotel in China for five weeks, and they go to watch their team's game and it's, and it's blacked out? <laughs> <laughs> NHL Game Center, yeah. regional blackout. <laughs> regional blackout. I'd be... Uh, That'd be a peach, but yeah, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. Like the Russians seem like the Russians apparently are all going no matter what. I don't know about our Timmy Panarin, but yeah. I, Ovechkin, I think is going no matter what Malkin, if he's healthy, Kuznet or no Kuznet, no Kuznetsov. He's not allowed they to might go. lift his suspension though. They were saying really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, but oh, so I have the hypothetical question for you guys. Let's say the scenario pops up where, all the Russian players want to go, and I don't know. Let's say f- half of the Finnish players want to go, but 
only like 5% of Canadian players vote to go or like 10% of the players from the States. What do you do if you're the NHLPA? Is it a player by player? You can go if you want. And, but if you get COVID again, you're not getting paid. You're stuck there. Or is it going to be an all for one where, okay, as a group, the NHLPA votes, we're not going to be playing in the Olympics. I don't know exactly how the NHLPA works. Doesn't it just have to be a majority vote? It doesn't matter where. I don't even know if they'd have a vote for it. It might just be like. If you go, you're allowed to go, but you can say no. But I don't know. That's why I'm asking hypothetically. I could see something like that happening where like barely anyone from Canada and the U.S. say like yes to going and Russia, like a lot yeah. of Russian players go. Because especially like, yeah, not to get into politics. But I have but, no idea. Like even if, it, if no, no NHL players go and you're a KHL player, like why are you playing in the KHL for money? Imagine you get five, a five-week quarantine in China. But I could see the KHL still paying their guys. That's the only difference. Oh, yeah, you think? Just because they yeah, care. Russia sense. cares about But that's a good point, too. Like, but they don't care about, like, a Canadian You're right. Not, in the sorry. KHL. I was thinking Russian. You're right. A Canadian or an American. Because it's just going to be the Kunlun mm-hmm. star Canadians yeah. <laughs> going to play for Canada and China. Like, I don't know. Like, it's a, it's a really, really tough situation. Like, you can just say, oh, I, I don't see them going because that would make sense. But it's like there's there's some players that are like very, very adamant on going no matter what. Yeah. And the other thing is if they decide not to go and some players go at the rate of like the postponements that are going on today, like hopefully it gets better. It doesn't look like it. There's a good chance that two and a half week Olympic break is going to be used to make up a lot of games as well. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. So because we just like Calgary just got postponed. Like, like it's, it sucks because it's not like for a lot, a lot of these guys, like you saw Milan Lucic come out and say, I have the boost. I've double vaccinated and a booster. I have no symptoms. I don't think anyone in Calgary has symptoms, but it's like, you still, that can't, you still can't play because mm-hmm. you don't want to spread. Right. Yeah. It's, right? It's, but it's unfortunate. It sucks. <laughs> it seems like uh, not to be like the political COVID guy, but like the winner is just going to be shit mm-hmm, probably part of my french but yeah. like december and january is probably gonna be a grind for a lot of these sports leagues i said yeah. it last week like it was starting in the nfl last week and now it's really picking up in the nfl and now it's starting in the nhl it's gonna really pick up unfortunately hopefully they can figure out a way to still keep the games going because yeah. nobody wants a repeat of like the rudy gobert and then leagues are shut down that was just yeah. bad but hey it might get to a point where they say you know we're gonna take one week and just yeah nobody plays Right. But yeah, then the other thing is, are the players just going to stay home and not do anything? Because right now you can't limit. They're, they're not limiting where they go. And it's like, what are you going to do one week and then full buildings, full just back to normal? Yeah. Like, is that really going to It's going to be interesting you? to see in the next couple of weeks. So it's really going to be interesting to see just in terms of like sports and our, our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell is going to happen? Right. Yeah. So buckle up. We're in for it again. Yeah, seems like it. Right. But, anywho, there was some other big hot top. I don't have the... the, I'm not on the Google Doc right now. What was the next uh, thing we had coming up? Around the league? Yeah, anything. I I like that we talked about the Sens. I like the... You know, the overall thought about the Oilers, I think, is something that's going to start percolating to the surface now. Percolating. Um what about I was thinking about this. What is Andre Kosh going to get paid? Honestly, I know he has our we have our brights on him, but that's a tough one. Is that a guy you maybe think of locking up long term? I know his injury concerns, but that's a really I, tough one. I mean, his injury concerns like 
for us, I don't think it's it's a concern, obviously, but like worst case scenario, again, you just LTIR him. Doesn't really affect us. So I don't think injury should even be like considered. Uh, I mean, the major thing with him, though, was concussions. Yeah. He hasn't gotten a concussion yet at all. Like, it's been like minor bumps and bruises because he plays like a, a kamikaze pilot <laughs> out there. But wow, his, his playing time's going up too right mm-hmm. now. And deservedly well, so. Yeah. yeah. I think when Marner comes back, though, I think he's going to slot back on that third line. Four, point, four game point streak for Andre Kasha. It's really Not good. bad. Honestly, like, you start to look at our depth now. If McKay of tonight kind of a, a, not a bad game, not a good game. He's on the third Still line. A little bit of ring rust. Yeah. But, but if you start to look at our depth you know, with Kosh playing the way he is, with Kerfa playing the way he is, with Bunting playing the way he is, Kampf is playing well, Simmons, Spezza, like there's mm-hmm. just not a lot of spots to go around. It makes you think a guy like maybe even a Nick Ritchie, does he, like where does he where, fit? Where does he fit? That's an interesting one. I mean, I test wise Clifford's been good but the results just no but it, w- it wouldn't be clifford dude. <clears throat> it'd be back gone. to our original engval conversation mm-hmm. yeah even like he's been up and down i mean scored on saturday in chicago but i didn't think have the had the great he was very quiet overall uh that entire line was but i mean i, I think engval's probably getting squeezed out there right even though i mean a hundred percent like is your ideal engval mikhaev no, it's not because then you want to score on there. Someone like with the likes of Andre Kasha. I think they want Kasha on the third line for yeah, sure. They want and I think Kasha w- Mikhaev, David Kampf. I think would be a very good line. That's interesting. I like that line a lot. But even like, what if they pick up a good depth forward at the deadline that can easily play third line winger minutes, or if they get a first line winger and you have even a bunting on the third line? Like, there's the depth they have now has made me think like defense is going to be the number one trade priority this year i don't know about you guys yeah 100 before it was left wing you said or third line center position i'm less concerned with both those things now 100 percent. i think like your first round i don't see the leafs keeping that first round pick not well i see them keeping it if the option is like upgrade on third line center for a first Mm -hmm. round pick they'll say no no. yeah right or even honestly at this point left wing upgrade for a first like for a first rounder over bunting bunting has been fantastic Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. So I, I'd rather those. I'd rather it be used for a D, and hopefully yeah. a D you can have some control over, maybe an extra mm-hmm. year. Yeah. I, I was looking at the UFA oh, list. Yeah. Like I think Josh Manson will probably be a target if they start to flounder. But Anaheim's first They're in the division, first. so and you oh, look at uh, teams like New Jersey's not doing well. Do you want to really add PK Subban? No. San Jose's starting to pick it up. James Reimer's really, really hot. I think yeah. he's got one of the best save percentages in the league. As long as he doesn't play the Leafs, he's on fire. <laughs> Like looking at <laughs> looking at the targets for D, I wouldn't give a first for I don't think because especially if we're only going to get one year out of those guys I'd, or half year out of those guys, I, I'm not I don't you, know how you probably want to do it with a guy who's going to get two years, yeah. But like then which one of those guys are usually and that's available. more expensive as yeah. well. So like teams that are out like in the Western Conference, teams that are currently out of the playoffs, like San Jose's right up against they're one point out, but uh, Edmonton has a game in hand on them. Uh, after that, it's Winnipeg, Los Angeles, Dallas somehow, even though I thought they were really hot. That's strange. Vancouver, Chicago, Seattle, Arizona. And then in the east, you're looking at Montreal, Ottawa, New York Islanders, Buffalo, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Columbus, and Boston is has four games in hand on Detroit, but one point out there. So you're yeah. going to start to look at those teams and really – 
we're gonna have to we're gonna have to start scouting those teams. We are. It's gonna change quickly. Remember last oh, year, yeah. Nashville was the team, right? Everyone thought Nashville was gonna have Matthias Ekholm, Ekholm, Forsberg, Granlund, Granlund, and then none of them got traded. They made the playoffs. So <laughs> then they pushed for it. That was kind of crazy. And then they locked up Ekholm. They locked up Granlund. Nobody knows what's going on. David they're, Poyle, he's a they're middling. Still. Yeah, mm-hmm. they still are. But they have some I think I maybe one guy to look at possibly it's like what's what's the level of player you want? Damon Severson from the Devils. He's not bad. He's not bad. He's a pretty good player. He's good defensively. Yeah. Um I know Ben Sherratt's going to be a hot No, thanks. Hot button guy, but I don't want him at no, all. No, thanks. And like Severson reminds me what? of you know like not necessarily a, a David Savard type because I think he's he's younger, obviously. Yeah. But that type of guy, he's, he's was really well defensively on a notoriously, you know, team that's not that good, right? So it, it's yeah. kind of hard to do that. If you're good defensively on a team that's always losing, you're probably pretty decent. Yeah. And you know, he's 27. He's controlled for one year after this year. Maybe that's a target the Leafs look at, especially. You know, the Devils are kind of still floundering, right? Do you think the Flyers go through a rebuild? Maybe, maybe. Why? Who are you looking at in Philly? How many years does Ryan Ellis have left? I don't well, know. He has a lot, I think. He has a lot. Like six years. Yeah, I don't know. It was just the first guy that came to my yeah, mind because they're they're D are pretty shit. I don't know. And they just <laughs> fired their coach. Exactly. Yeah, he's got six years left. That's gonna be yeah, no, probably a no. From, but I don't. <laughs> know. We'll, we'll take a look. Him? Yeah, uh, Nashville did, and they traded him two years into the extension. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Jason, can you think of anyone or what? Well, if we're looking two years out, I just have a list of all the expiring right, right-hand oh, perfect. contracts. Not, it's, not, it's not the prettiest. Um, Eric Johnson, Matt no. Dumba, Damon Severson, Kevin Shattenkirk, Mackenzie Weger. It, it seems like all the like good players are okay, guys you who You can just scratch off Weger exactly. and Dumba 100%. Because they're on good teams. The problem is these guys get signed usually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're good players. Why would you trade them? Yeah. At this moment, when you're a competing team, right? Yeah. What is like? Hmm. That's gonna be interesting. You might have to put something together. Artem Zub. <laughs> no, kidding. they're not giving. They're not, they <laughs> love that guy there in Ottawa. Um, just looking. They at, love him. Sort. This is sorted by time on ice. Nick Jensen. No, you're not gonna get Jamie Drysdale. Alexandra <laughs> Carrier. I don't know. He, he's gotta do UFAs. Carrier. Kerrier, yeah. Alexander Kerrier, isn't he a forward? He's an RFA. The, the one guy that's a UFA this year, I know, Joe, you're interested, is John Klingberg is probably still a guy that might get traded, but he's having a bit of a down year, but how much do you... Like, you probably look more at the total body of work there. Yeah. I love John Klingberg. That's surprising. I thought Dallas was doing so much better. What the heck happened? Oh, they've lost four in a row. There you go. There you go. That'll do you. That'll do you in 26 games into the season. Um, yeah, but... Those teams that we mentioned, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on them. I mean, they may not be the best teams, but for scouting purposes. It's time. It's December. Like The trades are going to be made in January, February. So Yeah. Yeah. So keep an eye on those guys. That'll be interesting. Oh, oh, this is a crazy one, but if Seattle keeps not being good. Mark Giordano. Mark Giordano. Yeah. He's a he's a left shot, but like how like let's how do you just, pass up? Let's let's figure it out. Like yeah. let's make it how do you fit. Pass up you know? on that? I love Mark. That's Giro. a complete game changer, right? Oh yeah. Even if that's a one guy, he's a one year rental, but you're okay with it because he's a legitimate difference maker at the deadline that usually isn't available. Even though he's thirty six or whatever, he's, he's thirty seven. I I honestly don't even look at Giordano's age. He's such a horse, <laughs> right? 
He is. So, but he has a modified no trade clause. Probably, probably wouldn't mind. Yeah, Mark Giordano's yeah. gonna say no to, to the Toronto. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, he's from he's from Oakville, from Oakville, Mississauga area, I believe. Or he, he lives in Oakville in the off season. He's gonna say no to the Leafs. His good friend TJ Brody That's is true. on the team hey, as well. Smokes, hey, yeah. maybe we oh. reunite, the, reunite the two. Oh. Little Giordano Brody. See now that's yeah. I bet he will be available though. I mean, why wouldn't he? If you're Seattle, it makes too much sense. They made some doy doy brain plays. I mean, they lost three guys from the expansion for nothing. Like how crazy is that? Wait, who? What do you mean? Gavin Bayreuther, yeah. from Columbus. They, they just, drafted they, and yeah. just didn't sign. John mm-hmm. Quenville from Chicago. They drafted, did not sign. And then Nathan Bastion got put on waivers. They lost them. For nothing. They also they didn't make any trades for they, those. They teams. did the weird thing with the goalie they picked from Washington, where they like they just flipped them back for a second. Them back, which is I guess I get it, but their goalies suck right now. Yeah, and they could have just, crazy. They have the worst goaltending in the league by a long. Makes mile. no sense because both those goalies are good. And who they could have had a good defenseman from? From where? From the uh, they could have Brendan Dillon, who ended up getting traded yeah, for two Dillon, seconds. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So Max maybe Do- makes, Max Domi was on the board too. Maybe it makes more sense to like take Dylan and trade him for two seconds than to take the goalie <laughs> and get one set. Like I know that's hindsight, but these are all the moves that were that's kind of true. weird. We like the I still like a lot of the players on their team. Yeah, I think they're Alexa, playing pretty Adam well. Larson. The problem is they're they've been, Jared McCann. They've been giving up a ton of goals. Yeah. Jared McCann. I mean they're they're this guy Gavin Byruther, who was their pick from Columbus. Why so didn't they just take a- Max? AHL why didn't they just take Max Domi? Max Domi's having a fantastic season. Why did that's, they not? That's the one that I, just made zero I, sense. Because he made. also is an expiring contract. Yeah. So like if you're going to take a guy that you get rid of, you might as well take the expiring. Like yeah. I get not wanting to take JVR or Tarasenko, guys yeah. who have money that are older, injured. But but it's like you could have drafted Max Domi and traded him for, for something. Mm-hmm. It just Maybe seems like a, it almost seemed like some of these picks were a lazy way out. Yeah. It's just like, ooh, I have to trade that guy? No, thanks. I'll just take John Quenville and send him to Switzerland. Well, one more thing I wanted to point out that's really good for the Leafs. I don't know how many Leafs fans saw this because it was kind of a board of go- it was board of governors meeting this week, obviously. Mm-hmm. So the cap is always a, a conversation because, you know, with the yeah. Leafs, it'll always be. Yeah. But so for the next two seasons or I believe for the next. Yeah. After this, so the, including this two seasons, the cap's going to go up by one million and another million. But. The re- revenue that's come in recently is going to help pay off the escrow debt owed by the players t- to yeah. the league. So actually, they're going to be able to be kind of be out of this escrow hell that they're in by 2024, 25, where the cap's going to jump up a significant amount, they're saying, which is good because the Leafs happen to have two players named Austin Matthews and William Elander becoming unrestricted free agents that summer. Oh, Again, far in the future, but yeah. just... A good thing to for and the then Leafs. the year after is Mitch Marner, and it'll jump again probably. So nice. But as I say that, obviously now games are getting delayed and things could change. But yeah, a, a little interesting side plot there for those of you worried. Oh, the cap's going up a little bit. How are we going to fit these guys in on new contracts? Oh, oh don't worry six zero. About that. <laughs> what did he say? He like math is a free agent in, in like three years or yeah, something like okay. that. It's like in to- the number of months. And McDavid yeah. is in four years. And yeah, McCannon is in a year and a half. Like. The sky is blue. No, you know what it is? It's crazy. Nobody knew that contracts run out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me at 6 a.m. on breakfast television. Yeah, that guy's a goof. Whatever. Oh, well. Um, yeah, I think we've... Oh, vanilla. Shall we get into some vanilla and favorite player of the week? Yep. I, yeah. I think I have a good prediction for the vanilla again. But uh, So in terms of submitted, 
uh, Robbie Mora was nice enough to text me before the game and ask, have you done it yet? And I said, no. And he said, put Mitch Marner on there because he just hates Mitch Marner. So he <laughs> didn't play this week, but <laughs> Mitch Marner from Robbie. I made sure to include that one. Uh, Andrew Cheetah said, Vanilla Muzzin, favorite camp. Woo! Scored a big goal. Scored a big Usually. goal. Had added an assist as well. I mean, Tampa Bay, I don't... Jason's don't doing victory much. laps on camp. He single-handedly won us two games. Single-handedly. Both games against Chicago. He scored the game-tying and game-winning goal. Single-handedly. Nothing for 59 <laughs> minutes, but the one minute he scored an empty net because Kevin Lankinen won us that game. Kevin Lankinen single-handedly won that game for the Leafs. Not David Kampf. Because that was one of the worst performances I've seen in a while. It was kind of funny because they were talking a lot, like asking Leafs about Fleury, right? Because he yeah. had just won 500 games. And they were asking them, like, oh, what's going to be like to play against them tonight? And then some of them were like, are, are we playing against Fleury? Like, and then he didn't even start. It was yeah. weird. That was a weird one. But that's funny. Yeah, Kevin Lang absolutely sucked. I don't think he's a bad goalie. He just sucked that night. I don't know what the hell he was on. But so, yeah, Muzzin Camp, Maple. Maple Leafs FTW said Matthew's favorite vanilla has to be McDavid after that performance. Ooh. Hey, he scored <laughs> on his own. Uh, there we go. But yeah, we shut down McDavid again. That always feels good. Um, savor it because it doesn't happen too often. No, Might not have, have happen ever again. But yeah, we, we shut down McDavid. Andrew, did, did he have a point? Didn't have a point tonight. That's rare. Who scored for Edmonton? I, even, I think it was I can't even this, like Sevier. Oh, Colton Sevier. He was former. Uh, he used to play on Smashville. Assisted by Cassian. Cassian, Cassian right? Cassian, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. That guy. That guy still plays. That guy. He's still in the league. Everyone he was, thought he was nasty. That one year he played with McDavid. Scored 20 goals. Uh-uh. I don't think anyone thought that. Not nasty. The, other than the Oilers. Yeah, I think like, just Shirelli thought that. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. And everyone just went, ah. That one's not going to age well. but he, He's the reason him playing on like the first line is why they keep asking for another left winger, to be honest. Yep. But, yeah, because it's like those are the two submissions we got. What do you guys think? Yeah, we should have posted it before 11 p.m. next time. But but it's like the game ended the at game. 11 yeah, p.m. It is. There's follow- only three games this week. Fo- gonna- followers got to be awake later then. That's the answer. Yeah, like, yeah. They got to work harder. I mean, Justin Hall stinks. Yeah. <laughs> it's Hall or Muzzin for me. Oh, for so I looked into it. It was against Chicago. I noticed Justin Hall was above 50% expected goals. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right. There's something wrong there. There was one shift where Andre Cash, at the very end of the game, um, he made an unnecessary pinch on this play too. And Andre Kasha got a good chance in front of the net. And that just dragged his expected goals up all the way. It, Andre Kasha got two sh- shots on one shift. He had no part of it. If you take out that one shift, he was below 50%. So that explains that part. Right. He and was not very good. This a lot time. of that can be the mercy of the forwards he's playing with. As he 100%. 100% it was the mercy of the forwards there. But surprisingly, 46.37% expected goals for this week. For Justin Hall. For Justin Hall. Did you say surprisingly? Yeah. Why, you thought it'd be worse? Yes. He was really bad. <laughs> still bad. Jake Muzzin was at 35.29 because yeah, Jake, he was at 18% against Chicago. He got torched in the Chicago game. He got torched. Didn't help. Like, he's playing with Lilgren. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, he gets away from Justin Hall, and it's like, okay, I'm playing with a rookie defenseman who's just getting his 
big shot in the top four. Let me just go like fart all over the ice for some reason. That was not a good performance from Justin Hall. I, I, Jake Muzzin, both. Both those so big those, lugs those suck. Two? <sighs> yeah. In my opinion, yeah. I mean, yeah. You going to chime in, Jason? Yeah. No, I, I <laughs> said what I said about Jake Muzzin. He just hasn't been that good this week. Um, in terms of the new guys this week, uh, why is the name Christian Rubens, oh. Alex Steves, Brett Sini. Um, we saw some good moments from Christian Rubens. Need some work, obviously, still. He's a bigger guy. Those guys can take a little bit longer to develop because mm-hmm. you know you have to learn how to use your size to your advantage. I think he'll get there. A little bit more offensive upside than I expected mm-hmm. in there. Jason texted me. Rubens also isn't bad. He looks like a serviceable seventh D-man, honestly. Yeah. Kind of kind of agree with that. Yeah. He's still on an entry-level deal, so he can use him up and down. Why not? Yeah. Uh, Alex Steves had his moments, and he finished the week 21% expected goals. Made some plays where I was like, maybe he shouldn't be like throwing a backhand across the ice trying to get to Morgan Riley like on a three-on-two rush like in the neutral zone. He- maybe don't do that. <laughs> Um, he he had his moments. I think he had an assist. He had a good screen on the Envo- mm-hmm. Engvall goal, but overall, he needs to cook more. Yeah, he he he, he, he had flashes though. He had he had little flashes where it's skill. like wow, he's got he's skill. He's got yeah. physical ability mm-hmm. to be a decent depth player, mm-hmm. but still needs some work. Brett Sini, I'd like to see another. Yeah, I didn't really get to see him. much of him tonight. Yeah, yeah. So. all of these guys in like limited fourth line minutes. It's hard to make an impact. There's yeah, only yeah, one yeah. guy I think you can call up and like he can play eight minutes. You'll be like, wow, I noticed him. And I don't know if they're going to call His him up is this Josh year. Hosang. I, I really don't know if they are going to call him up this year, though. Maybe, maybe that's OK. Though. I think yeah. that's part of their maybe plan. That, maybe that's OK. Part Just, of the plan. Yeah, I, I hope they do. He's, he's he looks good. He passes the puck well as well, mm-hmm. too. And like just the skills are there. The, the skills are really him. There. Spezza and Simmons would be a pretty good fourth line. That'd be dangerous. That'd be a really dangerous, yeah. like... Even, like, in what Kerfoot's been playing this year, like, we saw some chemistry between Tavares and, and Josh Hosang in the preseason. Wow. Like, but, I mean, that's, again, that's just way... In the future. Putting yeah. the cart before yeah. the horse on that one. Yeah. Um, the Marlies have had a tough goal, though. I don't think they've been playing too, don't too you well. Think, don't you think it's tough when they have so many goalies in and out, too? Like that's can't that can't help, right? No, not at all. Uh, I know Eric Eric Shaldron has been playing well. That's, I found out that's how you pronounce his name. It's not Calgary, apparently. Wow! But he I was good, looking. I think yeah. he had a win. He had a win this week. His numbers have been good. Uh, you were talking couple, about. He him. made a couple really good saves. I, I was kind of dismissive, saying, "Oh, Wall needs to have all the run." But I mean, it seems like how do you deny that guy a net when he's yeah. at nine thirty save percentage? He's at nine thirty now. Yeah. Interesting. Hutchinson stinks in the AHL too, which is crazy. He's been he's usually pretty good. So I don't understand. Past years he was pretty good, but yeah, he has uh been less than ideal down there. So yeah, but the back, carousel continues. Yeah, I think they'll keep trying, guys. It's it's ideally these guys don't really not ideally, but they don't really touch the roster if everyone's healthy, right? You have thirteen yeah. forwards that have played significant NHL minutes yep. when everyone's healthy and so got some injuries as they get healthier, you'll see more of you'll be, it'll be an issue of who's going to get sent down maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or who's going to the bigger, that's the bigger issue. Or they who brought gets in moved. Joseph Blandisi actually on uh, an I AHL contract, uh, AHL tryout. 
he he had a pretty good year last year. He was noticeable against the Marlies. I saw has NHL experience, so I hope they sign him to an AHL deal. I hope he does well. He's a he's an okay player, like AHL wise. Also, forward. Yeah. Also, the least traded for we didn't we didn't talk about this. Chad Chris, Curtis Gabriel. By the way. Oh yeah. So Chad Chris is the him. only player I've ever seen to make the USA World Juniors team at 18 years old and then get cut the next two years. I don't yeah, know what happened, why that happened, but it happened. Didn't he play on the Matthews? Uh, I think so. Development team. Uh, I think so. He's a 97 born, I believe. Seems like it. And he made the World Juniors at 2014-2015. No, maybe not. He was supposed to be a first-round pick. Probably, yeah. And then I don't know what's happened since. He's just been garbo. But, Seems like um, he's just not getting minutes. Six, eight games, nothing. But, yeah, we say goodbye to Curtis Gabriel, and we <laughs> also say goodbye <laughs> to – how do you pronounce this? Michaela Demeter. Um, <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> Uh, favorite player of the week? Favorite player of the week, I'm 100% going Austin Matthews. I agree. Jason? Who are you going to say? No, I agree. I want you to go first. Oh, yeah, Austin Matthews as well. But if we're going to give it to a D-man, who would you give it to? Yeah, you. I think we both think Morgan Riley's had a good week. Another yeah. guy I want to mention, because I don't believe he's won player of the week yet, William Nylander leads right wingers in points in the NHL. Wow. I think, NHL. I, I don't know how many people care about like who makes the all-star team anymore. There's been like... It's one year there's an all-star game, one year there's not. Like, Crosby's only made, like, four or five or whatever because he's been hurt or whatever. Like, he's got to be an all-star this year. That's how well he's playing. Like, mm-hmm. He's playing fantastic. Someone asked me, I think John asked me, like, what would he make on the open market? Like, I don't know, a lot. Like, nine, ten million probably mm-hmm. right now. That's how well he's playing. So William Nylander? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So this week, in terms of points at five on five, guess who leads the Leafs? Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley at three. Nailed that. Wow. That was, you nailed that one. Um, in terms of all strengths, though, power placement. Okay. Really? It has been. Like, really? They're score scored in all different ways. They scored, they scored one for sure. Okay. It seems like the puck's Probably just two. going in for them. It's on the just power like a drop and final. In front of the net. Mm-hmm. Nylander oh, scored a shot yeah. from like the blue line that went that was in. Like, it's just good. It's good. We're it's good. In. That was... Oh, the, that the was... Matthews play. Yeah, the Matthews play. Yeah. Yeah, but all situations... There are four Leafs that have five points in three games this this week. John Tavares, Andre Kasha, William Nylander, Austin Matthews. So I think Morgan Riley's in that conversation for sure. I, I like Matthews and Riley. I think Riley's Matthews played really Riley. well. Maybe the contract helps them, you know? Honestly. Matthews, Riley, Seems Nylander. Seems like they left. I think we, we do all three. You do a three-man? I think we How do, do you leave man. out JT, though? Just doing the right things. Like four. Cooper Cup just does the right things out there. So we do a four? Can you do four? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's up to four. Yeah, sure. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. So the big lugs on defense, again, seems like uh, I think Nick Ritchie ev- evaded this one just by not playing tonight. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's got to step it up soon. Like I'm, I'm, He scored, and then he did nothing for yeah. him. <laughs> he just took my – it was the meme. My work here is done, but you haven't done anything. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then, yeah, we'll do Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, Riley. Love it. Sounds good? Yeah. Sounds good. What a week. Uh, Islanders won a game, by the way. Oh, there we go. And they lost. So I think I bet against, I bet uh, on them one game and they lost. So I, I don't know. Anyways. It's a team that seems like they could use a 32 point centerman. 32 point centerman? John Tavares. 32 point centerman. What? Like a 
point per game centerman. I don't know. He's Same got 32 points. I don't know. Like he's 32 points this year. Yes. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, he's doing very well. But anywho, things to look for this next. This I mean, is there, is there only going to be one game we're going to be able? That's to That's why we're going to have to see. It might just be one game. Oh well, we'll talk. We'll find something to talk about. I'm sure. Um, things to look for. I think centerman staying high in the zone. How they attack the zone and how you know they counter the rush coming against them. Um, are the set, are the forwards able to cover for the D when they pinch down low? Because I think they got they didn't do a very good job with that. They got away from you know that boring stretch they went through. They won six in a row, but it was kind of like a boring, yeah. less low event Leafs hockey. They got away from that this week, and it shows uh, in terms of the scores and how many goals against they gave up. So I think that's gonna be something to. Uh, they did a better job. They shored up on it tonight. It's going to be something to, interesting to look for against Vancouver. And now watch. They're just going to totally not do that, and they're going to win 7-3. And they, they play because Se- I said it. They play Seattle the next night. Mm-hmm. So. On a Sunday? Yeah. On the Sunday, Another yeah. Leafs Sunday game? Mm-hmm. I, I love them. That's crazy. And uh, we'll see, though, too. because like Canucks, like r- they almost didn't play their game tonight. Is that yeah. three weeks in a row they've had Sunday games? No, they didn't this week. I don't think. Three out of three four? Three out of four, yeah. Yeah, Canucks barely play. Like Their fans are like, how are we going to play? Like. Tucker Pullman yeah. got not like COVID like well that's a I mean it's a helpful loss that's saying. a helpful yeah, loss yeah. he sucks but I mean if the trend continues I like I think it's like 50-50 that Canucks game gets yeah. canceled hopefully it doesn't but we'll see that'd be that suck we'll figure something out to talk about but mm-hmm. absolutely that, that would absolutely suck but closing thought uh, someone pulled up a tweet from the preseason where this guy this Vancouver Canucks fan said wow Tucker Pullman's gonna make everyone forget about Chris Tanev <sighs> Ooh. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Oops! <laughs> oh god! Anywho, Tucker Pullman made everyone forget about Jim Benning. How about that? <laughs> yeah, he stunk. I don't. I don't understand that. I don't understand how two years of dragging down Josh Morrissey gets you ten million dollars total. Yeah, that's a bad one. They got a lot of bad ones though. Yep, Jimmy. Good luck. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening. Go Leafs! Go.